1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
1: Welcome to our present state versus history on speaker. Here we are focused on the current events of our culture through the principles of our history, trying to make sense of the culture and the mindset of today i am your host ray mayfield all righty folks well here we are back on the pod uh looks like we finally got the uh, sound equipment going sounds a little bit better and uh run some trial tests uh, looks like we're going to be able to do some phone interviews now and get things going um, i want to kind of shift gears here a little bit i don't know how long we'll go into this uh series i guess you could say but uh i'm to to focus a little bit of time here on the principles of freedom and uh, there's several of them but I'm 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 gonna just kind of go down through a lesson that I did oh several years ago and recap on some things and we'll see where it takes us through the process of doing this I'm hoping to be able to get in contact with some of the folks that I've uh, met throughout the years at different times that are of like faith or like uh, understanding in the areas of the Constitution and our history and how these things really play into our daily life and how the lack of that is what has uh, affected us in our ability to move in uh, areas where we need to go and it's not anything new it's the same things that was going on back at the revolution um it's the things that our forefathers were aware of and uh, alarmed them i guess more than anything about whether or not our nation could survive being a free uh, self-governed people so these basic uh principles I guess you can say have never changed they're the same they're universal principles that affect everything around us they affect this nation tremendously because it was these principles that our forefathers came in agreement with with the the whole miraculous conception of them coming together you know the fact that the the men that gathered together and created our um, constitution and our our um, Well, you call it documents of liberty that they had the similar backgrounds, similar teachings. They had read similar philosophies. They had studied similar events. um, And yet they were from all different backgrounds, different age groups. And and they were all brought together to be meeting in that same room. And it's just that in itself is a miraculous intervention of divine providence. George Washington called it. We're going to just deal a little bit with some of the things that they had agreed on that were the driving principles under their thought process of forming this government and uh, what was required for the success of what they felt like would come in. Anyway, we're going to look at uh, men like uh, Mr. Blackstone, who was a professor of law, um, John Locke. Uh, was one and um, Marcus Tilius Cicero. We're going to kind of focus on him more than anything in this session, today anyway. Uh, Cicero, he seemed to just cut through the ph- philosophical errors of Plato and Aristotle, which there seems to be the only two that uh, modern-day uh, teachers want to teach about in philosophy and the things of the liberal arts, which is basically where those folks were um, embedded into. But um, Blackstone, he said that it is the only reliable basis for a stable society and a system of justice, referring to natural law. Um, well, Their idea of natural law was that the laws were created uh, by a natural, true, uh, supreme, cre- supreme creator. And that there was no possible chance that our societies and the order of our cosmos just happened by chance. And that that was the basis that they were making his uh, statements on for justice in a society, that there was no other reliable basis other than um, natural law. Caesar was assassinated in 44 BC, and Cicero lived that next year kind of in exile, running. And then in 43, um, he was murdered. Uh, He was a leader, leading lawyer in Rome. He sat on the Roman council. He recognized right conduct with the laws of a supreme creator of the universe. Um, He called the creator's Order of things, natural law, or true law. So that's where that's where these uh, um, terms came from, from Cicero, because he's talking about the creator of order, and that puts uh, things in natural law. Um, a fundamental presumption of the natural law is that man's reasoning power only shared with the creator he made right reason, because he said that we were created with the ability to reason, we were created with the ability to have memory and recall, and the only beings that we shared that with was God himself, because all other animal life form on the earth did not uh, have that ability, and still to this day does not have that ability to reason. I know we think our animals, you know, are all part of the family, they call them. We love them like family. Well, That might be true, but they can't reason. They don't logically deduct. They don't rationale their behaviors. They do it out of instinct. And there's a whole different um, reality of conduct when it's driven by instinct rather than man's reasoning. And he says that the only two that share that are the celestial beings or gods and man himself. And that right reason, when it comes to its maturity, it equals into common sense. And that that sense, uh, when it is concluded, it brings forth order or justice, see? In the first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, And the laws of nature and the nature's God. See, he's bringing that out because... That it, they believe that that basic precept of our existence or the liberties that we have the life that we live is based on the liberties given by God, not by government. That's the point, that uh, the things that we have declared in our Constitution in this country that we protect by our laws in this country— are not given by the governments of this country. They are just protected by it because they are actually given by the creator. And this was the point that they were recognizing. I want to read uh, this uh, first uh, paragraph in our Declaration of Independence that Thomas Jefferson wrote, which is where that quote had just been taken from. Um, It says, When the course of human events... It becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respective to the options of mankind requires that they should declare the cause which, Im- which impel them to the separation. So he's saying we need to declare what these causes were, and he goes on through the Declaration of Independence to the, you know, the phrase everybody's familiar with, we de- hold these truths to be self-evident. Well, the truths that they hold to be self-evident are the truths that have been declared by nature's God or the Creator himself. And this philosophy came from Cicero. Cicero was, was the, um, introduce, introducer or in the introduction, um, of these, uh, type of ideology. And he was the one who was pushing, um, these things into becoming true, um, shall we say philosophies of men and government. Even in some of his writings, he knew that, uh, in the time and frame in which he was writing these things, when you read Cicero's writings, um, he knew that it was uh, premature to the day that he was writing it, but he knew he dreamed of a futuristic uh, um, society, he called it, that would embrace these laws. And uh, he talked about uh, if men understood those things, um, we would live uh, in a virtuous measure um, second to only the gods. And I'll, I'll get to that quote here in a little bit there. I think I wrote that down um, in my notes here. But uh, that natural law is what the forefathers and Cicero and John Locke all declared as true law. And he says that we cannot be freed from it by a Senate or a people. We need not to look outside of ourselves for an expounder or interpreter of it as no boundaries of time and space. So one of the things that uh, he's talking about there is us being self-governed. He's saying we don't have to look outside of ourselves, this is Thomas Jefferson, to find the definition or to have the explanation of these laws to us because we already know what's right and what's wrong. And see he's talking they're, they're um, administering there to the goodness of man or the goodness of mankind, if you will, and trying to declare that uh, we know that we need to be good one to another. And we know that we should operate in these things and and we have to um, regulate ourselves, if you will. It's something I'm always talking about is, is um, being regulated. If we don't self-regulate, we become regulated, see? And we have to have that divine reasoning within ourselves so that we'll walk in what it is that God's called us to walk in, but we have to do that on our own record or reconnaissance. There's a section I want to read here out of uh, some of Cicero's writings. Cicero, he wrote here, he said, The animals, which we call man, endued with foresight and quick intelligence, complex, keen positioning memory, full of reason and prudence, has been given a Certain distinguishable status by the supreme God who created him, for he is the only one among so many different kinds and varieties of living beings who has a share in reasoning and thought, while all the rest are deprived of it. But that is more divine or what is more divine, I will not say in man only, but in all of heaven and earth, than reason. And reason, when it is full grown and perfect, is rightly called wisdom. Therefore, since there is nothing better than reason, and since it exists both in man and God, the first common "'Possession of man and God is reason. "'But those who have reason in common "'must also have right reason in common, "'and since right reason is law, "'we must believe that men have law also in common with the gods. "'Further, those who share law must also share justice.' And those who share these are to be regarded as members of the same common wealth. If indeed they obey the same authorities and powers, this is true and a far greater degree. But as a matter of fact, they do obey this celestial system, the divine mind and God of the transcendent power; hence, we must now conceive of this whole universe is one commonwealth of man and the gods. These were the conclusions that Cicero wrote. That's some of his writings there. And what's fascinating about Cicero coming to these conclusions is uh, you have to remember that this is forty. Um years 40, well, it's it's more than that because it was 44 and 43 when the assassinations took place. So it was uh, you know 45, 46, 47, 8, maybe 50 years, excuse me, before Jesus Christ walked on the face of the earth, Cicero was no neither Jew nor Christian. See, he was just a man looking for answers and he's drawing these conclusions by the logical deductions of things in the universe. He's not drawing those conclusions based on a reading of the New Testament because it hasn't even been written yet. He's not basing those drawings based on the Word of God. He's basing them on the reality of the evidences that he's seeing in life through the governments of man and how to have a society that operates in a, in a peaceful, harmonious action, see? So his whole purpose behind everything here that he's doing is to find um, the reason for law and a common ground for order of government. Because you have to remember, Cicero's a lawyer. He said on the councils of government, this is one of the highest ranking individuals in, in the Roman uh, um, Senate, if you will. And uh, he, he, he's writing these things that are completely contradicting the mainstream I- ideology of the day said uh, in that that we just read talks about god's law equaling reason or right reason which equals wisdom and when it's applied to government in human relations it brings justice and the people together in that are in the same commonwealth that's us that's where we are right now see we're operating in that same commonwealth We're operating in that right reason, and uh, we're operating in that place where um, God would have us to operate through the power and the presence of uh, recognizing Him as the supreme being. So, in uh, Matthew 22, I want to go go there right quick because the whole point of this, we we relate these things back to what we have. Um, in the scriptures is telling us it's amazing to me to see that uh, these similarities Matthew 22 and 36 says master which is the greatest commandment in the law Jesus answered him and said thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and the greatest commandment And the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hangs all the law of the prophets, see. So the two greatest commandments that God has set in motion for us is to love God, follow his law, and to love our fellow man. Which is exactly the things that he's been talking about is what it takes to keep an order and synchronized society, see. Cicero taught that all of mankind can learn virtue through God's law. He didn't care if they were black, if they were Jew, if they were white, if they were whatever. He said we were all of the same blood and that all mankind can learn virtue. He also taught that legislation is a violation of God's natural law. It's a scourge, he said, to humanity that all law must be measured from God's law. So Cicero believed that if we did not measure all of God's law, or all of man's law, excuse me, to God's law, that we were doing an injustice to society and that, that a senate was actually a scourge upon humanity because they couldn't be trusted to maintain God's law. Because there again, we're going back to being self-governed, see? Cicero's idea was all the people would live in harmony, knowing what was right within their own self and doing it without having somebody over them to tell them what to do that the concept or the, the, the vision, if you will, that he had was a free people living under their own guidelines, doing what was right by their fellow man, because he believed that through right reason that we would all draw the same conclusions eventually by the laws of God if we just submitted to the laws of nature. As we walk by the law or natural law, which were the laws of God, which we now, we can go back and we have the Ten Commandments, we have all kinds of scriptures that they didn't have at that time that we can say, this is God's law and come off of. But his point is, even without that, There is an inherent knowing within man that he knows that he shouldn't murder one another. And so if we do those things and we walk in those things, then we would be um, a whole people in a harmony working together. And some of the concepts that the forefathers got from Cicero that they protected in our um, liberty documents, I'll call them, was the unalienable rights, what they called them, which he went on in that uh, Declaration of Independence. And some of those unalienable rights are, are listed down through. There's several that weren't listed, but there's a whole, whole list of, of rights that they declared to be unalienable. We'll go into them at another time. And then there were unalienable duties. Well, you don't hear much about the duties of man left in our society anymore. But there's a whole list of duties that they declared were unalienable. In other words, they weren't given by man. They weren't given by jurisdiction or law. They were given by God's supreme rule. Because God's supreme rule, you see, is not its not uh, limited by space. It's not limited by time. It's not limited by uh, um, uh, government offices or man's ideology. It is all... Uh, transcendent, and it is all-powerful, and it is equally abroad across the nation for all man. Not only the nation, but all of creation, all the universe, actually. See, Cicero, he's expanded this not only to the earth, but to the all of the entire universe was under that order or that law of God, and therefore the whole universe we shared as a commonwealth in our walking and moving. Uh, some of the other principles were uh, habeas corpus. Uh, they believed in limited, limited government. They believed in separation of powers, the checks and balances, the self-preservation. They believed in the right to contract, the justice by reformation or, or paying for damages. They believed that the bearing of arms was a uh, God-given right. They believed that taxation without representation was was. Uh, um, protected by the precepts of god's law and they believed that family and marriage was sanctified by the laws of god and they were protected and sanctified by the laws of god so therefore there is no law that can be written by man to violate what god has set to be in order on those those subjects and th- that's just 12 of them that you know there's there's more than that than they, that they uh that they drew out of some of Cicero's writings because he honestly stood for that independent individual living a life of self-government and self-responsibility to walk forward um, in life as a society, if you will. So the self-governing aspect that uh, we have to... Resonate in our society is exactly what uh, Cicero said was the key element, the most important thing for the success of an individual or independently governed society to be able to operate. And so, one, number one principle, number one thing, and it's still today the very most number one thing that we have to have for a republic or a government of any form to be truly successful, for the people to truly be able to be free and independent and operate in the will of what God has intended for us is We must be able to rightly divide God's law and walk in that justice and law and be self-determined to regulate or control ourselves to submit to those laws willfully without anybody over us making it happen. And then when we don't, then guess what? It's required that we have... A master, I believe it was uh, Benjamin Franklin that said that the 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 I'm just paraphrase. I don't have the quote on the top of my head, but we'll get to it. I'll, I'll look it up and we'll come to it another time, probably. But it said something to the effect of uh, the more lewd and out of control a society becomes, the more need of masters they have. So when we violate that common sense law of of uh, Doing right by our fellow man out of love. See, that's what Cicero talked about, that love, those two commandments. It is in, the, in the Word of God, the greatest of all is that love, that, that desire of wanting the good for another over your own selfish ambitions. That is love. And when we operate in that, that's the glue that holds it together. That's the catalyst that keeps it moving. Because if we're all doing that, then we all win. We all gain, nobody's out to get anybody, and the society operates on that pre- preset smoothly. It's when we become self-centered and selfish individuals that we lose sight of the larger picture. So that's covering that principle number one. We'll get into virtue and the virtuous people maybe a little bit. Well, not maybe, but we will the next time. Uh, the second uh, principle that they believed was absolutely vital to the success of a free and independent uh, nation was to have a virtuous and moral people. And I'm I venture to say that the definitions that they had of those uh, um, titles were. Uh, probably different than what you're thinking in your mind but we'll go over that next time so until then have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the pod